Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Friday, September 30th, 2022, and this is day 1654 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you. We praise you and glorify you above all others. I thank you so much for being our Abba Father, for being our provider, our protector. Lord, I thank you for equipping us and empowering us to go forth and do all that you called us to do for today. I ask, my Lord, that you will comfort the brokenhearted and heal the sick and bless those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today's message is attacks and blessings. And I'll tell you, The blessings will far outweigh the attacks, but the attacks are coming as we go along this journey. The longer we go along this journey of the Lord that he's paved out for us, the more we're going to recognize when the attacks are coming and who they are through. And we know that they're through Satan and he works through people and how we need to be ready to get on track according to the way the Lord would have us to. Before we dive in, though, I want to just give you a quick update about Transition Zone, known as T-Zone, teaching our youth uh, in the community about life skills and workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation skills, and human and sex trafficking awareness. We will be starting our Saturday classes tomorrow. <laughs> we used to, well, last year we started in September, uh, but due to a lack of funding, we were not able to start until October. That alone is a testimony in itself, waiting on the funds before starting. And God told me to wait and don't rush it. Uh, and he will provide. And he did. We were blessed uh, through many of you with your donations and with a grant that is helping us to pay the youth a stipend of $25 a Saturday as they come to learn. We'll be doing two Saturdays for now a month. Uh, tomorrow we will be, uh, in, you know, the, through the rest of the year, uh, we are at the end of this year and, and possibly next year, we'll be at the Multipurpose Center uh, from 9 a.m., to 12 noon on usually the first two Saturdays of the month. But there are a couple of months where we will not be the first two Saturdays. So we will put that information on our website, our schedule, so that if you are interested, if you're, you'd like to sign your child up, uh, we're taking sixth grade through 12th grade. Reach out to us. And let us know we can handle up to 20 or 25, I think 20 kids right now, based upon the grant and the funding we have to pay them. So please do that if you're interested uh, or email me at uh, Jackie at TZoneKC.org. Jackie at TZoneKC.org. 
www.ebonyhouse.org if you'd like for me to send you some information about the classes and the schedule. All right, so let's get to the word. Attacks and blessings. We're coming out of Esther chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Now, King Xerxes had already gotten rid of his first queen because he was mad at her because she would not come in and sashay uh, before him and his drunk friends at a party. So they ousted her from uh, the palace. And now this is what's happening. <laughs> Esther 2 and starting in verse 1, it says, Later the King Xerxes, when King Xerxes' fury had subsided, he remembered Vashti and and what she had done, and, and what he had decreed about her. Then the king's personal attendants proposed, let a search be made for beautiful young virgins for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in every province of his realm to bring all these beautiful young women into the harem at the citadel of Susa. Let them be placed under the care of Haggai, the king's eunuch who is in charge of the women, and let beauty treatments be given to them. Then let the young women who pleases the king be queen instead of Ashtai. This advice appealed to the king, and he followed it. Now there was in the citadel of Susa a, young, a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin named Mordecai, son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, who had been carried into exile from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, among those taken captive with Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Mordecai had a cousin named Hadassah, whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This young woman, who was also known as Esther, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai had taken care, taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother died. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Haggai. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Haggai, who had charge of the harem. She pleased him and won his favor. Immediately, he provided her with her beauty treatments and special food. He assigned to her seven female attendants selected from the king's palace and moved her and her attendants into the best place in the harem. Look at God's favor, right? Esther had not revealed her nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so. It's very interesting how sometimes we know that there are certain things, if we expose it, it could disrupt things. And it shouldn't. But in this case, Mordecai, her cousin, knew what was best. Every day he walked back and forth near the courtyard of the harem to find out how Esther was and what was happening to her. He was like a doting father. He's making sure she's safe. Before a young woman's turn came to go in to King Xerxes, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed for the women, six months with oil of myrrh, and six with perfumes and cosmetics. 
And this is how she would go to the king. Anything she wanted was given her to take with her from the harem to the king's palace. In the evening, she would go there and in the morning return to another part of the harem to the care of Shashagas. Sorry for mispronouncing that. The king's eunuch, who was in charge of the concubines. She would not return to the king unless he was pleased with her and summoned her by name. When the turn came for Esther, the young woman, Mordecai had adopted the daughter of his uncle Abihel to go to the king. So Abihel was Esther's father. So she was appointed to go to the king. She asked for nothing other than what Haggai, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the harem, suggested. And Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. She was taken to King Xerxes in the royal residence in the 10th month, in the month of Tabeth, in the seventh year of his reign. Now the king was attracted to Esther more than any of the women. And she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. And the king gave a great banquet, Esther's banquet for all her his nobles and officials. He proclaimed a holiday throughout the province and distributed gifts with royal liberality. When the virgins were assembled a second time, Mordecai was sitting at the state's at the king's gate. But Esther had kept secret her family background and nationality, just as Mordecai had told her to do. For she continued to follow Mordecai's instructions as she had done when he was bringing her up. During the time Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, became angry and conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. But Mordecai found out about the plot and told Queen Esther, who in turn reported to the king, giving credit to Mordecai. And when the report was investigated, he found it to be true. The two officials were impaled. Well, they were beheaded on poles. All this was recorded in the book of the Annals in the presence of the king. So remembering those things. Uh, and I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, and I encourage you to read this beautiful, beautiful uh, word of God. It is so powerful. So I'm going to skip down to uh, chapter 4, and I'm going to start at verse 9. Now, there was a threat put out by Haman. Uh, and let me go over to Esther chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, when Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. This was one of the king's uh, men, one of his commanders. And so he came up with this idea and he wanted all the Jews and the people to bow down to him. And when Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. Yet having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews. 
throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. So, Haman came up with a plot. He lied and got the king to sign off on him killing all the Jews. And that was devastating. You go from this wonderful banquet, this wonderful time of celebration, to now someone is jealous, someone is angry, and now they are after you. And they were after Mordecai. So now in chapter 4, verse 9, it says, Hathik went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Because Mordecai, let me go up to verse 7. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their uh, annihilation of destroying them, which had been published in Susa to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Now it's time to reveal who she really is. Hathik went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, or summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. So Esther's sending word back to her cousin Mordecai. I can't do this. I can, I can be killed. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do you think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape? For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And notice this. You know how much Mordecai loved Esther. He raised her up. He was at the palace walking back and forth every day, making sure she was okay. And now he's speaking to her uh, out of love. Hey, if you don't do it, God will send somebody else and don't think you're going to escape. And who knows, he says, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Sometimes we just don't realize why God has put us in a position. And sometimes we need to be reminded. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all Esther's instructions. You are in a position for a reason. And we don't always understand it at the moment. We don't always understand why was everything going so well and now all hell has broken out. Point number one, before I got married, I used to think that when you get married, uh, you would live happily ever after. 
<laughs> I was about 10 or to 13 years old at the time. And this concept was fueled and, and based upon movies I had seen. In the movie, people might have a light, uh, a light argument and, and then make up within a day and, and marry uh, living a life of pure happiness and joy and everything just perfect. <laughs> Stop, put on the brakes. <laughs> That's not reality. I learned that, that for myself after getting married at the age of 19 Everything was wonderful until real life issues started to hit, like my husband being laid off from the factory he worked for at Armco Steel at the time, car issues, things breaking down, trying to find the right place to live, getting the children to and from various activities, exhaustion, not spending quality time together anymore as we used to because we had so many other things to handle even to the point of the word divorce coming up in our marriage many years ago. We too, as Esther did, came to a fork in the road where we had to put all our trust in God, no longer our way, but to put, uh, but truly uh, hearing what God would have us to do and obeying his instructions. The Lord saved us and our marriage. And we'll be celebrating 45 years of marriage next year. That is truly a work of God. Point number two, what rough decisions are you having to make right now? What disruption has taken place that's turned your world upside down? Always remember that God cares for you. Jesus said, cast your cares unto me, for I care for you. The Lord said, I will never leave you or forsake you. God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for Esther or for me, he will do the same for you. It's time to surrender all to God. You know how sometimes we'll hang on to a few things? Saying, no, I'll hang on to this and I'll give this to God. God is saying, give me everything that you're dealing with. Give me yourself. You know, whatever it is, it could be a bad attitude. It could be gossiping. It could be anger and bitterness and strife. It could be uh, complacency. It, it could be, you know, um, uh, stirring up trouble with others. It could be low self-esteem, not feeling that you're good enough. Uh, it could be self-condemnation. It could be pride. It could be sexual immorality. Whatever it is, God is saying, I'll take it. Trust me. I remember recently, my daughter, uh, sometime this year, my oldest daughter in Texas, uh, her husband had bought her a beautiful ring and it fit her fingers perfectly. She had it sized and it was perfect fit and it was beautiful and uh, they had a house guest and it was just her and the house guest, someone she knew well. And uh, her husband was over the road, truck driver. And she had her ring out like she normally would do after putting lotion on her hands or whatever. And then the ring came up missing. And of course, she didn't want to blame the house guest. You know, I mean, that's the last thing you're thinking. You're wondering, did I put it here? Did I drop it somewhere? And she asked the house guest and they said, no, I've not seen it. 
And the ring never showed up throughout about several months. Well, her husband decided, you know, he would go to pawn shops in the area and begin to look for that ring. And after going from one pawn shop to the other, guess what? He found the ring. (laughs) And he didn't tell my daughter uh, right off. He was going to surprise her. And he began, he bought the ring back, made payments, cost more, or I don't know if it cost more than what he paid for it initially, but it cost quite a bit to get it back out. And he made payments on it and uh, was able to to get the ring out. I think that's how it went and um, gave it to my daughter, to his wife. And she was so overjoyed. But it also highlighted the fact that someone did that, pawned that ring. And it could be the very person that you're trusting that, you know, you've given the benefit of the doubt. You know, you have no reason to think that they would do you any harm. And then all of a sudden, that happens. How do you deal with that, right? Well, there's joy, but yet God expects and wants us to still extend love and give it to him, the situation, and he will take care of that person. It's not up to us to vindicate or to, you know, punish. God will do it. And so instead, they're just rejoicing and grateful to God for revealing this ring. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. (laughs) How much God loved her, loves us all. But to to love my daughter that much to say, I'm going to show you where your ring is. And for her husband to love her so much and care about how she felt to go and search for it. That alone is quite an amazing feat. What about you? What is it that you've been heard about and you're waiting and you're trying to make a decision on what to do? And God is saying, I've got you. Trust me, even through all this going through, all you're going through right now, He said, it will turn out for the good. And it did for Esther. All the Jews were saved because of Esther's decision. I forgot to say that. And Haman, who had made these, um, oh, I forgot what you call them, gallows to, to, to put the people in to kill them and cut their heads off. He and his family ended up being put on those same gallows. Read the story. The Jews were saved because of Esther and Mordecai's great courage. God is saying, have courage, trust him, give it to him, and he will do the rest. If you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the greatest gift that we could ever receive in our lives because it determines where we spend eternity. And when we accept Jesus, we will spend eternity with the Lord. If we don't, we will spend eternity in hell.
I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S-Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And check us out on TZoneKC.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community with our precious youth, which I shared with you earlier. And uh, continue to be a partner with us or start a partnership with us. We are so grateful for you and your donations and your prayers. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day. Fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.